0: Hi, and welcome back to the How to Decorate podcast from Ballard Designs. We want to teach you how to decorate your home and unleash your inner decorator. So we'll be interviewing interior designers, stylists, and other talents in the design world, sharing the trials and triumphs of our own homes, and also answering your decorating questions. I'm Caroline. I run the Ballard Designs blog, How to Decorate. And I'm Taryn, and I'm on the product design team at
1: Ballard. And I'm Karen, and I head up branding at Ballard. We're your hosts. Hi.
0: Today, we have Mississippi-born textile designer, Lisa Fine, with us. She specializes in, or her line, I suppose, specializes in hand-printed linens. And you can find her fabrics in 16 showrooms all over the country. She's been a contributing editor to Elle Decor and House Beautiful. And you currently write for Town & Country. And your most recent published work is a new book, Near and Far Interiors I Love, published with Vondome Press. Well, thank you so much for being here. We're, well,
2: I'm thrilled to be here. Thank we loved, you.
0: We loved reading your book. Mm-hmm. There's just so, I mean, I think you could look through it and read through it multiple times and find something
1: new every time because it's a there's feast so many for the eyes. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, exactly. that
2: was the point. So I'm very happy that <laughs> it turned out that way.
1: Well, how did you get into textile design?
2: You know, I've always loved pretty things. I've always loved textiles and I think I had a lot of friends well actually I had a lot of friends from London and England and New York who worked in the design world and every time I would go to their apartment I would just be mesmerized with all the beautiful mix of embroideries and prints and colors and paisleys and florals and everything always seemed to have come from India. Mm-hmm and i wanted to go to india i went to india over 20 years ago for the first time and i knew within 24 hours i wanted to do work with textiles it was just it it spoke to me
1: wow yeah and here i you love are. that you followed your vision i mean yeah. so many of us like i go on a trip i'm like oh you know what i should do and then i come back to work <laughs> Well, it just, it it
2: became like a bug and it took me a long time. I didn't actually start my textile line for a good 10 years. I was traveling around. I was seeing, I was learning, I was sampling. I tried to originally make the textiles in India. That didn't work. It was quite a long process. Had I known what the road would have been, I might not have done it. But I'm (laughs) so glad I did because in retrospect, I laugh about all the mistakes and all the trials and all the big mess ups I did. And ultimately, I learned from them. And now everything's made in America or a few things in Europe. But the inspiration all comes from India, Persia, you know, Afghanistan, the Middle East, sort of along the Silk Road. I want to hear some of these mess ups. That sounds fun. (laughs) (laughs) Well, one of my most favorite memories and actually I look back and laugh because it was so much fun I didn't care the first collection I did with a very famous printer named Rahesh and he had had Bridget Singh and he was supposed to be the best in India I didn't know that he was old and tired and bored (laughs) and no longer had any interest in being creative he just wanted to make money and turn the page and have a big you know launch every day so I work with him, I pick all my colors, my fabrics, my prints, my blocks, I leave the money, I say, okay, I'm going to be back in a month. I come back in a month, I'm so excited, because I've seen the beautiful work he does, what can be done in India, and I'm thinking, uh, I'm smugly thinking, <laughs> I have got this down, I can't wait to just cover my whole house in this, my apartment, start a big business, I come back in it was, when I say ugly, it was nasty. It. I had asked to have it done in silk. It was silk, but it was shiny, shiny silk and colors that I, I just can't even imagine. It's like when you think of, you know, years ago, decades ago, when they'd have those velvet paintings in Pastel colors at state fairs. Yes. If you ever went to one, yes. I think only a Mississippi girl would have the seen velvet that. Paint. You know, <laughs> and it was so ugly. I wanted to storm out, and I thought, you know what, this creep will find a way to sell it and make more money out of it because somebody out there will like them, and I'm just not going to leave them. Mm-hmm. So I threw them. All in the court, truck of my car. Um, and so he had it. produced it. He produced it. He oh, produced wow. it. And it wasn't I, just a oh, no, strike no. off no, He had produced it. Yards and yards and yards. We filled the entire trunk. And I am thinking as I'm getting in the car, what in the world am I going to do with this ugly stuff? No one's going to want it. And right before, I'm staying at the Raj Villas, which is slightly outside of Jaipur. Right before we get to the hotel, we pass a tented camp where all the workers from Bengal come and sleep out in tents and do all the construction work on the streets. I thought, you know something? They will love this. The driver pulled up, and I it was actually before I started taking videos on my phone and pictures and it was before Instagram. This was quite a while ago. And I have never had so much fun watching all these people just fighting over them and 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 honestly there was enough to pass around so you had these these people that worked on the streets they were all draping themselves in these you know funny peacock green saris and pink with block prints anyway so that you was, just
1: opened your trunk and you know, started a shop you had a that, pop up well no was a
2: free <laughs> shop it was a charity shop but you know i i have to tell you Every mistake, there was always a story, and, and you can always look on the bright side, and I learned something. And I learned that I wasn't going to make my fabrics in India. I wanted consistent uh-huh. colors, production, more control. reliability, control. And um, so I, that's really one of my favorite stories.
0: Yes. That's a good one. Yeah. Well, I imagine it's hard to just start a business with, you know, on your own. And it's a lot of investment. It's a lot of time, a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, and I'm sure it went, I mean, now you have the, yes. you got it down. Hopefully. Yeah. yeah. And but, you can look back and,
2: but had I had a plan and known what I was getting into, I would have never gotten where I am. Um, Honestly, my business is great now. I love it and everything's in control, but the road of getting there, had I known, it would have terrified me and uh, I might okay. not have done it. Sometimes it's best just to dive in.
1: That's right. Yeah. I That's know. right.
2: That's why we don't go to fortune tellers and find out where we're dying. <laughs> You. <laughs> no, no. You go to fortune tellers. You just don't believe them That's when right. they tell you what you don't want to hear. When they tell you what you want to hear, you think they're brilliant. Oh, they're so and they're so smart. Yeah, There's absolutely. a tall dark man in my
0: future with <laughs> briefcases full of money. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Yes. So tell me why you love a hand-printed linen so much. I'll
2: tell you, because no matter what you do, if it's hand-printed, it's never perfect. You want them to be consistent, but it always has a slight, slight artisan quality that it looks natural
1: and it looks like it was done for you, special. Mm-hmm. I picked up on that in the book, sort of the beauty is in the imperfection. Yeah. You know? Yes. I, first of all, the book is beautiful and it makes me feel like all you do is travel. <laughs>
2: Well, <laughs> sadly, you know, it's funny. I look at that book, and I'm like, why don't I have more air miles? Right? Yes.
1: Why am I not diamond, platinum, triple? I, yes.
2: And I don't know. And someone said, Lisa, it's because you're always getting the cheap seats and then upgrading them, and you don't get the miles when you mm. – unless you just
1: – got to plunk down but, that plunk money. Plunk it
2: down. So I don't know, but – You but, do
1: travel, into fabulous right. places. Yes. As yes. I was looking through this, I was like ah. – if I had been to one of these places, I would have been bragging about it. But there, I mean, I feel like dozens, yeah, in there of just amazing, beautiful homes that are, and not some of them aren't especially grand or. No. And it, and I love that the photos really. they will be like eight photos of kind of angles of one room so you really get to see all the details in the corners and all of that really dig into the rooms which I thought was yeah. great you don't usually get that in a design book well yeah. that's Miguel
2: Flores Viana genius I mean I don't know if you saw his first book Oat Bohemians he really knows how to capture that subtle quality and mm-hmm. I love to say this sort of thing that he can make the grandest places look cozy and he can make the most simple places, you know, elevated to a level of sophistication like you can't believe it. And that's what I love about doing this book. We did some like the Cougales in Paris, which is over the top gilt and, you know, amazing, you know, priceless antiquities that could be in a museum. And then we do Fisherman cottage type house of Carolina Irving in Portugal or mm-hmm. you know, the Lutyens bungalow in New Delhi. And the mix of it is what's so wonderful. Uh, and and also what I love doing is the personalities of all the people in the house mm-hmm. make every different house look so unique and special. You yeah. know, it's not contrived or overly decorated, but yet some of the people's homes are homes of designers. So they are designers, but because their hobbies and their passions and their interests and their collections sort of override the actual strict design conventions.
0: They're willing to break rules.
2: Lots of them. Exactly. Yeah. That's it. Yeah.
0: Well, it's no surprise that as a textile designer, I felt like the third sort of pillar of this book, I guess I'm kind of thinking of you and Miguel as the first two, like I guess the third character is all the patterns, because nearly every home—and there are a bunch of homes, your, some of yours, your mother's, like you said—a bunch of designers. The pattern on pattern, the the mm-hmm. patterns like are really front and center, and it's sort of mm-hmm. a love story to the patterns mm-hmm. in some ways. And so, I just wanted was wondering if you could talk a little bit about. Pattern, why we should embrace it, what we should love about
1: it, how we mix it. Right. The confidence that you feel coming through in this book is crazy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, really? Oh, good. So, how do we get some of that confidence from dealing with pattern? Because it can be intimidating.
2: Yes. Well, I always tell people if you love something, there's a place for it in your home. You think it doesn't fit in, but if you love it, you put it there and you will find a way to layer it in. And just yesterday, I was doing a panel with some friends. And someone made the really astute comment that, you know, you can't just put one thing that doesn't match. But when you put lots of things, all of a sudden they play upon each other. And there's one common thread that makes it all pull together. And you just instinctively just start throwing it together. And it usually evolves. But if it doesn't, you just take something out, put something else in. It's just it's an evolution. But Mm -hmm. you might not get it overnight. But if you take the time and constantly pick things you love, they usually
1: work. Your Paris apartment, mm-hmm. where you tented a room, and mm-hmm. sheets. Yes. Okay, first of all, I loved that. That was yeah. hysterical. <laughs> um, you would never know. It was amazing. But you'd come back and you're like, I've got, to, I've got to do something. I've got to tent something. This is amazing. I don't know how. And your friends were like, yeah. oh, <laughs> go get some sheets. They're yes. going to be great. And you did it. Did you sew that yourself? No. Okay. Well, <laughs> well, well let me tell you. Yeah, we need the full story. Well,
2: the full story is living in Paris, I had access to, I mean, I'm going to sound really idiot, the best <laughs> upholsters in the world. I mean, you could get a burlap sack and they could make it look like a couture dress. I mean, it just, you know, un- unbelievable. So you can use the sheets, but the upholstery work was magnificent. Mm-hmm. and. I think you could probably do it with an upholster here or anywhere, mm-hmm. but it's the detail, the oh. way they finished it off mm-hmm. with the trim, the way they did the ceiling, you know, with, you know, concentric, you know, either do concentric circles, squares, or, you know, however they do the triangles that converge in the center. Um, I think all that detail disguised the fact it was a sheet. Right, And now I think you can even get sheets with Borders and Trams in prints, oh. So you can still do it with sheets. It's just you have to have a very patient seamstress who's going to sew it all together and make it look yeah, refined.
1: Mm-hmm. You speak in there about, okay, you moved from Paris, this amazing apartment with all these details and mm-hmm. great windows. And just the architecture was amazing. And into a little box in New York. And talk about how you made that box home and have some personality.
2: Well, this was very interesting because I inherited this cubicle sort of undistinguished 70s building from my mother gave it to me. I would have never chosen it, but I'm never going to bite the gifted horse, okay? I was Mm -hmm. happy to be there. And I'm looking on 3rd Avenue, which is not a pretty view, and I'm thinking, what can I do to make this apartment sort of feel like it's not what it is? And I thought if I... Painted the walls pink or put prints that it would just magnify everything I didn't like about it. So I have this wonderful sand and ivory chevron stripe linen fabric. I paperbacked it, put it on every single wall, and then I had the floors all done in wall to wall raffia. So basically, I had a sandbox on Third Avenue. <laughs> so <laughs> And I'm I'm a person of, who loves color, but for some reason it worked because it, it kind of um, diluted the the blandness of the architecture of the building. And then I had my beautiful red velvet sofa for banquettes from Paris, and I thought, uh-uh, this is not going to go. So I my next step was I got the most wrinkled, crinkled, cheapest hemp I could find, and I slip-covered the whole thing. And then I was like... I loved it. I thought, I don't even know if I want to put color in here. But being a color addict and a textile designer, I just started layering silks and ecots and embroideries and Moroccan tapestry. And next thing I knew, I'm bringing all my other furniture in that's, you know, prints and colors. And it, I mean, I love it. I love it. And it just worked. It it would have worked had I kept it simple and sandy. But sometimes you just don't, if you, you let Things you don't like fade away. Mm. And it reminds me of once I had a really, really dark apartment in New York, one of my first apartments, and a very good decorator. I think it might have been Richard Keith Langham from Bruton, Alabama.
1: We've had him on.
2: Yeah. I think he told me. We haven't?
1: No. Caroline's like, no, really? Well, he's a dear friend. We have not had him (laughs) on. But we want to. Well, you
2: need to. Well, I (laughs) I I, I think I asked him what to do. And he goes, Lisa, you can't ever make a dark room light. You just have to make it darker, and I did, and it worked. And I, I think it's sort of the same thing. You, yeah. you you have to work. You can't change the blandness of the architecture, like you can't make a light a dark room light. Right, right. And that's what it, I did.
1: So. Right. Embrace it.
0: One thing that you do a lot, and well, and I'm saying you knowing that many of the <laughs> people did their, you know, but. Okay. One of the Let things you highlight. Thing. Yes. There one of the things that is a recurring theme, I think, is the use of one pattern over and over and over again, almost to the point where it becomes like a neutral. I'm thinking your mom's yeah, um, your mother's slip mother's covered. Place. Mm-hmm.
2: I love that. And I learned that when I lived in Paris, um, often I'm for you know, 10, 20 years, however, and the first time I started going to people's houses, I noticed how they had that. They would have one bedroom. It would all be in one fabric. And I stayed at a friend's apartment, and every morning I woke up, and I think, oh my, I slept so well, (laughs) and I'm so happy. And it just, it was the most cocoon, soothing feeling of just that one fabric on everything. And it's, to this day, it's my favorite thing to do. I love it, and I love bedrooms like that. There's nothing I like more, and the more furniture I can find to cover in that one fabric and the more drapes and the more canopies on beds, the better. <laughs> um, and it's really funny. Obviously, you have to love the print and the color of the print, mm. but yes, I, that is a recurring thing that I think I'm just going to go to my grave with because for bedrooms, it, there's nothing better.
0: Well, I think this book really... Um, reinforces how gorgeous it is so <laughs> oh, i think well, it's a, 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 a trend you. you can continue
1: well not a trend Drink but you. a
0: element you can continue to eat yeah it is thank beautiful you. and
1: it isn't overwhelming for some reason
0: i know isn't that weird yeah it's it seems counterintuitive well that's what it
2: is because it almost acts like a solid but it's a solid that gives you has this color and this sort of feeling whether it's leafy or floral that's soothing
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah you know, how do you um, how do if we do want to do that, how do we go about getting that fabric backed in paper? Do we you know, just Google it? Well, you know, Someone you can do always it?
2: email my office oh, okay. and they can tell you because I know I have it done in Los Angeles. Oh, OK. And I can't think of the place offhand. But it's great. And that's what I do in living rooms or studies. But in my bedroom, I actually do the real upholstery because I like the softness oh. of the fabric. Yes. So there's a
1: little batting behind it? A tiny oh, yeah, bit. there's padding behind it in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. And you can do it either way.
2: But for the bedroom, that padding, I can see the difference. It, and I, I feel the it difference, actually. It sounds different, too.
1: It would absorb yes. the sound a little more and kind of feel like you're in a... Um, I don't know. You know those rooms it, you go in and suddenly... You can't hear anything, and it yeah. just feels really yeah, yeah. I don't know, isolated, but in a good way. Yeah, well, not since, like a padded room, but you yeah. know. like a padded, yeah, room, well, like well, a padded maybe, room, maybe,
2: maybe. <laughs> well, since my bedroom's on Third Avenue, and. Uh, <laughs> It seems to work because, I mean, it's pretty loud. Yeah. I don't know if I've just become conditioned to it, but I think the padding and the fabric just sort of muffles
1: it all. Now, do you, with your love and passion for textiles and prints and stuff, do you find yourself wanting to change this apartment? Or are you or do you kind of set it and forget it? And No. I, you know, I always think about when I move. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's
2: like I'm really, really lazy about once it's done, it stays until I move, mm-hmm. which, you know.
1: And then you reinvent when you move. Yes. that's. Yeah.
2: It's very hard for me to make changes. However, I will say in the Dallas apartment, I have made some changes because when I did that floral chance, I was like, oh, finally a floral chance. And I love floral chintz, And I, I decided to slip cover everything in the living room in that. And I thought I would just do it for summer. And now it's like. It's Damn. been there for yeah. It's, well, it's always it's hot in Dallas, and yes, it's always hot. Yeah, Is mm-hmm. that true? well, no, it gets cold, but it's just you know we open up to the outside. We have a terrace and everything, so it just seems
0: fitting. Mm-hmm. So I know when you were first talking about the, that apartment, um, you mentioned that it's all slip covered. So did you end up slip covering it? You said yes, yes. Okay, yes, so could in you not? Could you not like take off the slip covers? Oh, you absolutely but she want could. It. I know Absolutely but I'm saying. It. If you did, oh, one, originally
2: could, I had the idea. I, I, I love to look uh, at these old decorating magazines. <sighs> mm-hmm. We see these Georgian houses in the <clears throat> South, especially where they'd have their slump, summer slip covers and their winter slip covers, mm-hmm. and I love that idea. But then I'm thinking, where am I going to store them? And they're going to get musty. And then they're going to get and a wrinkle. Them. Then we have to steam mm-hmm. them. And I think, you know what? These are pretty year-round, so why bother? Yeah. Now, the first time someone spills a bottle of red wine on this white mm-hmm. slip slipcover and we can't get it up, I might have to rethink that situation. But that's
1: the good thing about slipcovers; you can take it off and clean yes. it. exactly. exactly. And nice. if you can't
2: clean it, you can replace it easier than that. That's true. Do you have
1: wine yeah. away? I don't. You should get it, all of you. This is a tip. Wine away. Wine okay, that's away. good to know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have a friend who carries it in her purse because her husband is awfully clumsy and he's always spilling red wine on her. Um, <laughs> I'm not kidding. Oh, I love it. Uh huh. But it works like a charm. Oh my gosh! Oh, that is good to know. Mm-hmm. And you get little bottle travel bottles. Or you can get big ones. So it's can I be a little does <laughs> not a do bad. It,
2: Does it also deal with you know when your dog decides to lift no, his leg on the slipcover? No, it's just Oh well, I need really do they red have a wine. Pee away,
1: <laughs> probably. <laughs> That's what I really need. That's what I really need.
2: I, I have had to. My mother has a dog that is good, but we've had to replace mm. the slip covers on one chair like three mm. times. It's just that one chair.
0: Huh. Uh, Interesting. Okay. My, my I, mother still does those slipcovers. She does
2: in oh, the oh, winter. Oh, I love that. Well, she's she from does, Mobile, right? Yes, I mean, and so there's course. no AC. That's true. Okay, well, Mobile. That yes. is where I could see that they would still do them. I love
0: that. So mm-hmm. she does like a blue and white pattern in the summertime, and then she does it's like sort of a jacquard, like green and kind of red. It's 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 funny though because growing up, she was so. I mean, my grandmother did this, and one Saturday in the springtime, like early summer, my mom would go over and put all the slipcovers on my grandmother's furniture. She would do it all on her own, and then and that was like the start of summer. And oh, then right. in the fall, she would take it off, and it's like all of her sort of, I guess, winter cold weather. It worked really well with all of our Christmas stuff. I know that sounds kind of crazy. But, no. But like, <laughs> and in the summer, it was like a happy blue and white with like a cotton and, yeah. I wish that would come back
2: in style. I I, I mean I love that idea.
0: Well the, the the one thing actually that is very smart about it is that um well, like you were saying with the you know you can take the slipcover off that mm-hmm. maintenance is easy but it also um doubles the life, life sure. of your upholstery yes. because you're really yeah. only sitting on that half as long. Fabric yeah. for half as long and you know a linen or a cotton yeah. they after yeah. ten years, yeah. sure. No. And if they're in the sun, they start to break yeah. apart. No, and I love
1: anyway, it. so it's pretty handy. Well, I thought yeah. the slip covers that you had in here, and I haven't seen your mom's because she hasn't <laughs> invited me over. But <laughs> the ones pictured in here didn't look like frumpy dumpy, you know. And I feel like people have in their mind, oh, it's slip covered, so it it's, it's going to be unfitted and loose, uh, and that's not really what slip covers are. If you have them made yeah. for your item, they're yeah so tailored and beautiful, like a great blazer. Yes. Yeah, and I think shabby chic
2: made that look right. popular, and everyone just followed
1: Associated it. Associated that with if it, you, yeah.
2: If you go back to sort of the 50s, 60s, when they really did it, and you get these wonderfully, beautifully shaped stuff, yeah. I think you doesn't it doesn't have to. Yeah, you
0: they wouldn't even them know. make with, like, yeah. snaps and zippers, and they're very, mm-hmm. I mean— have you ever put a slip cover on They're a piece of
2: furniture? It's a workout. Oh my gosh. I you mean, know. you're gonna break a sweat. Well, <laughs> more than that, have you ever watched them make them? Mm. Like in New York, they actually came to my apartment mm-hmm. to make the slip cover because they said they just couldn't, you know, do it in the studio and they wanted and it, it was literally like a four-day process wow. of having the people and they were sewing it in the apartment. It was it was fascinating. Actually, this should be a video podcast of that. Yeah. I mean the Custom made. It's like a wedding dress, practically. Wow! You know, yeah. with all the fittings that sofa had. It was hysterical. So you don't
0: really cool. want to
1: take it off to clean it if someone spills wine on it. It's desperation.
0: I mean, you're not. You don't want to do it all the time, but
1: right, if, right. it's better than having wine right, on your sofa.
0: <laughs> well, I was wondering if you ever, um, uh, what's the word I'm thinking? Like stain treat your fabrics. You know, I haven't. Mm. There was one job
2: I did for Martin Lawrence Bullard, did a hotel, I believe, in Hawaii.
1: Mm, And I
2: have this wonderful palm chance called Pasha that's in my um, bedroom in Dallas. And he wanted that for the hotel. And I think we researched and had it treated for that. And Mm -hmm. so it can be done for any fabric, but unless... You're selling to a hotel or Mm -hmm. commercial space. No, there's no point to do it, really.
0: Now, is there a different type of care that you would take for a um, hand-printed linen versus something that's woven? You know, like if you're cleaning it.
2: Not that I know of. I mean, I haven't had any problems, but I don't want to say that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know, not that I know of. Well, I suppose in some ways, the subtle variations mm-hmm. of the colors and the mm-hmm. hand, you know, the handwork that yes. you're talking about probably lends itself to, you know, if you, it's some, it, because it's imperfect. Yes. Other imperfections you don't might not show. Notice. It's just yes. yes. What I'm trying yes. to say, yeah.
1: So when someone's hand printing a fabric... They're not like it's not like a rubber stamp <clears throat> where they're like bip, 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 bip. is it like the full width of the fabric and then there. Okay.
2: Well, in India, when I did it, mm-hmm. it was like a wooden stamp, like mm-hmm. a rubber stamp. Absolutely, you know, you know, every, men and every- men do it. All men do it in India. And in the United States and Europe, they have big screens and they're hand screen printed. Okay. So it's done by hand, but it's not each flower. For mm-hmm. example, if you look at a print. In India, hand printed, it would be each little
1: uh-huh, block flower. You
2: said block print. Mm-hmm. Whereas in California, Europe, when you do it, it's they put the screen down and it's the whole screen. It's hand screen printed, but it's right. not. It's, so it is
1: the width of the fabric, yes, and the then they width. move the fabric exactly. and do it again. So each color is a different screen. Yes. Okay, okay. that was my question too.
0: Like, how do you? Because some of your your patterns do have lots of different colors. Oh yes. On them, and so how do you? are they just... Lots of each? different screens. Yeah,
2: okay. And the thing that is really frustrating when you do it, okay, because I like fabrics to look old. And so I'll say, okay, I want this this indigo background. And I'm like, oh, it needs to look old. So what they'll do is they'll take the same color and do like three shades of it. So that'll be three different screens. Mm-hmm. So it's so frustrating because I'll have to pay for three screens yeah. for the same color. But... When I have the fabric, it looks like it's been there around. It looks yeah. old, as opposed uh-huh. to like new and right, brilliant. some computer yes. generated,
1: yes, exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So that's
2: yeah. You know, that's that. That was one of the things I learned as I started my collection that was sort of frustrating. You mean this design takes twelve screens, and there are only four colors. It's because each color would have so
1: many screens. So the more colors, the more expensive. I'm guessing by the yard it will be for the consumer. You know. Funnily enough, when I started, it was.
2: I feel like the business has changed, and it's a little more expensive, but the initial cost, it's not that much more expensive. Okay. You know, I think the price really varies a lot with the quality of the fabric.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, right. You know. We were asking Scott craven this when he was on the show, because he, oh. he was talking about, he was so fascinating, talking about all the different types of fabrics and why some are so expensive and why some aren't, you know, uh-huh. when someone's hand stitching or hand blocking you know these and he had one that it takes them i mean years months years or something to do like five yards i don't know it was something (laughs) crazy and i think caroline was like well okay what if they get to like the end and they mess it up he's like yeah yeah they don't they apprentice Uh, for like 10 years or something like
0: what if someone sneezes i think that was my actual question what if someone sneezes i mean he's like they don't
1: sneeze in the factory (laughs) okay all right then right (laughs) so yours it's like okay just well i guess that helps with the imperfection part of it oh yeah yes
2: it's supposed to look
1: yes oh yeah oh yeah
2: oh oh, no sometimes i do screens to make it look imperfect Mm -hmm. i mean i totally do that now what you where they don't really do designers don't really put up with imperfections often is the color Mm. The color has to be the same because designers really want the color that they want. They right? your fabric
0: probably because yes, it because of that color yeah.
2: exactly. Yeah. So that you really try to keep as consistent as possible, and we do. But as far as the print, I create imperfections in my blocks mm. or in the screen, so they don't look oh, rigid. that's interesting. yes, yes in oh, the yes. screen
0: itself. Because I guess this whole time I've been thinking, in the the imperfection would just come maybe in like. Just naturally doing it. Mm Yes, just naturally doing it. But you're saying you actually have some imperfections in the pattern on the screen. Yes. Well,
2: see, when you do the block print by hand like you do in India, there are always imperfections, whether they're in the block or not. Not always, but usually. So to create that with a hand screen printing, you create the imperfections in your block so it it doesn't look so rigid and perfect.
1: That's very cool. Yeah. Now, are you still getting your inspiration from India?
2: I am. However, I realized that so much of what I love in India really originated in Persia before Uh it became Iran, and it just sort of trickled down, and I'm always inspired by things in India and Persia, Um, mainly the flowers, the gardens, the animals, um, some of the geometrics and the way they mix it all. Mm -hmm. My greatest inspiration.
0: I feel as though um, florals, like chintzes, had a real big sort of resurgence the last, you know, five or six years. Mm-hmm. Like you're seeing a lot more of that, yeah. especially like that Colfax and Fowler, Fowler yes. boxwood, and oh, yeah, you know those ones that. you yes. know, and and also um, definitely like the hand blocked look yes. that, of those flowers that are in a lot of your patterns. But what do you? Where do you see like kind of trends and things coming on the horizon you know it's
2: funny i started feeling flowers were coming back in chants mm-hmm. several years ago when i did my first arabella cabbage roads print at the same time i was seeing it on the runway mm-hmm. and i don't see it dying mm-hmm. yeah. because I, I i'm seeing more of it mm-hmm. so you know they every they always say everything goes full circle but i think maybe colors go in and out of fashion. I think people are ready for pretty, romantic, Mm -hmm. pretty ethereal things that you just make you happy. Yeah, you know we see enough, you know, grueling things in the world. So I think you want to go home and you want to just feel at peace. You know, and you might not have a garden to sit in. And there's just something about having nice light florals and colors you like that make me feel good.
1: Yeah, and I
2: think more people are
1: feeling that way. I agree. I yeah. just got back from a work trip to Europe. And I mean, if if clothing is in the indication, mm-hmm. everyone's real deep into the florals. Uh, yeah. Where were you? We went down to the south of France uh-huh. to do the antique markets Montpellier oh, and fun. Bezier and Avignon. And then I went up and met my husband and some friends in London. Oh, what fun! Yeah. Oh, what fun. So oh. it was lots of florals those more tiny and more florals. florals. florals.
0: Well, it's interesting. Who was it on the podcast? I think it was Margot Shaw, Um, and we were talking about this was years ago. um, How really, if you think about it, florals are kind of in every pattern. Like there are a lot, you know, when you say a floral, you think, oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. Well, you think like, oh, girly. When you say floral, you think girly, but there are actually tons of ways that florals are used that aren't girly at all think of like a persian rug i mean you would never see a persian rug and think oh that's so feminine because they're bold colors they're i guess a more geometric
1: flower but there's tons of little flowers that make the pattern so you use like a small flower to make a stripe or something so gentlemen or men aren't like oh that's so flowery right yeah but when you really dig in yeah there are
2: flowers Mm mm-hmm And, like, I have a couple of flowers that are very geometric looking. So even though they're flowers, they they read as geometric.
0: Right. Exactly. And that's kind of what I was saying. Like, it's – they are kind of everywhere, but it's easy to – Go different directions. Like they can be such a yes, different look, depending on the shape yeah. and the color and the yes. a flower for all taste Yes, exactly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Should we do a decorating dilemma? Oh, will you help us answer? Oh, a oh yes. Oh oh my
2: god. I hope I can. Question? Now I'm not a decorator, so if I can't okay, answer the that's question, okay. we not either. <laughs> you can't be upset
1: with me. It's just opinions. You just can't yes. be giving okay. opinions.
0: It's Sarah here. I have a dilemma that I hope you'll like because I'm desperate for some help. We recently relocated and I bought a new home. Yay for new adventures! Woohoo! And all the insaneness that comes along with it, including having no idea where to put your furniture. I am in need of helping figure out how to arrange our den. I'm really wanting this space to have more living room seating so it can be the main place we live. Something livable but still clean and modern-ish. The way it is arranged right now has the dining area in the far end. However, I was thinking of putting the dining table on the other end where the TV is now and moving the TV to the end where the dining table is. Um, to create a living space on that end and in front of the fireplace but just not sure on the layout and pieces of furniture for the area. Do you have a suggestion or a whole new idea for the layout? That would be good too. The cons of moving the dining area around is that you wouldn't be able to see the TV from the kitchen and there isn't a fixture to hang a light above the table so we'd have to add. If you know a good layout with keeping the dining table where it is or switching it around, I would love to hear your thoughts. Y'all are awesome. Love hearing the responses. Thank you, Sarah. Thanks for listening, Sarah. Sarah, Let's I'm
1: going to describe your room if I can. It's a big room. Okay, she has a long <laughs> rectangle. Um, on one of the long walls, she has a, a stone fireplace, and right now she has a rug in front of that, and her sofa facing that fireplace. Is there a television there? I can't tell. I don't see a television, but anyway, um,
0: well, there's one right there. I think
1: over it. Okay,
0: by the in front of the tele in front of the island. You see what I'm saying?
1: Hold on. Okay, so to the left of the te- of the fireplace, she has a television mounted. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, then on one end of this long room, she has a um, a rectangular dining setup that uh, is perpendicular to the sofa. And at the <clears> other <throat> end of the room, it appears there appears to be a bar. Is that right?
0: I think that's her kitchen island. Yes, but at bar oh, height, it's a kitchen
1: island. Okay, well, not an but island. What's this?
0: That's the dining table. Like, it would no, the but TV's look, at- oh, that's
1: a runner. Um, That's just her centerpiece. Turn your paper over. Nope. flip flip that. There's there's one more shot. See? Up there to the left of the fireplace is her TV. That's her centerpiece that you're looking at. Okay, got it. So her kitchen island is down at the other end, and she has two chairs down there just sort of hanging out in the window. And what should she do?
0: Okay, y'all tell me what you think about this, but it seems like just functionally – it makes sense for to me to have the dining room next
1: near the, to the kitchen. kitchen. I agree.
0: So, like maybe do a round table
1: over down that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I do feel like something round in here would be a welcome yeah. moment because you have a lot of squarery things.
0: But and- you know what could be interesting? Mm-hmm. Um, what about putting the dining table, which she does have, is rectangular and it is does seem really pretty. It's sort of like a mid century. Um, with a pretty wood what if she put it where the sofa is
1: in front of the fireplace
0: yeah you go (laughs) Lisa. (laughs)
2: okay I just have a question yes I love the fact she wants lots of seating areas I really believe in that Mm -hmm. let me ask you I don't know the length of that sofa but if it were me I would have the length of the sofa facing the dining room table I would have it perpendicular to the fireplace fireplace Mm -hmm. and have the two chairs in front of the window that are floating there aimlessly across from it. And I would slip cover those chairs in a more compatible fabric with a screen sofa and create a wonderful seating area around the fireplace, because there's nothing better than seating around a fire. And then the dining table doesn't bother me where it is, but then you're going to have all that empty space there in front of the TV I would probably put a little, go to Ikea and get a little love seat and slip cover it and put it right in front of the TV there with the little yeah. Yeah. A, TV t- chairs, a little table and then buy some TV trays. Swivel chairs,
1: swivel club chairs. Yeah. Yeah. We have a couple that are so comfortable. You can face the TV. You could face the sofa. You could face, face the kitchen. Face the island. Yeah. The kitchen.
0: yeah. But I feel it's the, the whole like keeping room idea. And
2: I don't like the idea of having... The dining table in front of the TV, though. That's no. why I wouldn't move it. <gasps> oh, Unless you move
1: the television. And then you're going to have too many rectangles mm-hmm. there. Yeah, I wouldn't put... No, don't put your dining table in front of a television. If you're willing to move the television, then you could move your dining table down by the kitchen.
2: But the only thing is, I don't know
1: if my idea works because I don't know the length of that sofa. But do you see... Right, it? it's hard to tell because we only see it from the
2: side.
0: But you you could still do the same basic thing and just creating... A seating area in front of the fireplace, even if it's not using this existing. I think
2: that this long rectangle, right? It's it's heavy there to me.
0: Here's my one argument. Maybe she go to IKEA. Where the sofa
2: is? Oh, go to Ballard and get.
0: Go to
1: Ballard and that's sheesh! I've been winking at you. No kidding!
0: kidding.
1: (laughs) I kicked her twice. No kidding! Oh my god!
2: I'm, just, I'm saying that because Carolina Irving has a, a Kia sofa <laughs> in her book, that she said it was really cheap and it was really comfortable, and she has covered. so I have that on the mind. But that's why right, you <laughs> go to Ballard and get the, the – Do y'all have um, two seated, like, small little sofas? Yes. Oh, we've yeah. Got, well, I of think course. See, I think that's – I think she just needs to create the seat. The sofa you, feels
1: awkward where it is. It's yes. not. It's and it windy. doesn't feel like you want to go sit in that spot because it, mm-hmm. it doesn't have a coffee table – it doesn't have lamps. It doesn't have a side table. It's just sort of sitting in the middle of the room. It also
0: seems super close to the fireplace. It seems very just, close. Yeah. She needs to have two
2: little seating areas on either side of the fireplace, in
0: my opinion. Here's my only reason for swapping, for turning the din- what is now the dining room into the living area. Okay. It seems
1: to be the biggest. It does seem biggest. It's so, it's like. Move your TV down there. Put a whole seating arrangement down there. Right. And yes. And I, I mean, I like the idea of the dining in front of the fireplace. What's more romantic? Or know, you could do another. You could do two yummy little chairs in front of the fireplace. Like, yes. And the dining down by the kitchen and then the sofa seating and move the TV down to the big end. Yes.
2: I have a feeling. Do you see these lines? Maybe this is a dining table that you can break down. Ah, so it's got mm-hmm. leaves and in it. Ideally, mm-hmm. if it has leaves... I would just keep it a small table by the kitchen, a square table by the kitchen, yeah. and then when she has dinner parties and wants it, bring out the leaves and Agreed. move True. the furniture around. Agreed. Yeah. That might be the answer, because doesn't it look like it has leaves? It does. Yes, it does. It looks look like, it, like has two it has leaves. That might solve At least the two, problem. maybe three. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because she currently has six. Because... You know, she eight, has eight chairs. Eight chairs up there, so that's know, pretty
2: big. As much as we all like to sit around a fireplace, imagine if you had your dining room table, that, that would be an excuse just to sit and pick out all the time. Huh? <laughs> I mean, I hate to sort of start and end this on how much <laughs> I love chicken, to eat, <laughs> but really,
1: you know, that's just not...
0: Yeah.
1: no. I, I like the I like moving the TV, setting up your big seating down in that big area, mm-hmm. collapsing the dining table down and moving it down by the kitchen, and yeah. having two swivel club chairs in front of the fireplace. Yes, where you sit and have your hot chocolate, and and they can swivel and watch TV.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm with you.
1: We've and and, we, and you and need some lamps and some side tables
0: and she can always get into our room planner and lay actually this lay it out yeah
1: and move everything around without sweating but in
0: all of your dimensions and everything mm-hmm. and then you can just test it without having to physically move all this furniture around
2: and you know what if she doesn't agree with any of our suggestions <laughs> i promise you when you have tom shear on this show <laughs> he will be able to tell you in 2 seconds what to do
0: okay <laughs> excellent so, okay Next up, Tom. Yes. (laughs) But we have another question. We do. We have one more. All right. Okay. Hey, ladies. I have a burning dilemma, debatable topic. How do I design my fireplace slash TV wall? Do I put the TV over the gas fireplace that we were building from scratch? Do I paint the whole fireplace black so the TV blends in? Do I keep it above the fireplace but use an app to power a portrait when it's off? Or do I put the TV on the side where the bookshelves are going I'd have to make bookshelves bigger and fireplace smaller for it to be symmetrical. Thank you. P.S. My bookshelves are taped as a mess right now.
1: They're going to have a bold arch on the top, even though the tape makes it look like the window and teeny shelves. Well, first of all, I think it's brilliant that she taped this off like this. Yes. Fabulous. So she has this blank wall and she's used blue painter's tape to tape where her fireplace box will go, where the television will go, where the bookshelves go. It's so smart because it really helps you understand the proportion of everything. Mm -hmm. I personally don't love a TV over the fireplace because I feel like I have to crane my neck. But it seems like in this spot, you'd have to get a smaller TV. Mm
2: -hmm. I think this girl seems like she knows what she's doing. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
2: And, you know, I look at the TV in front of the fireplace, and I think we live in a different world. That's right. It's like cell phones at dinner. People... Not dressed when they get on an airplane.
1: You know? <laughs> Jammies on the airplane. TVs
2: are just everywhere, right. and it's a mm-hmm. fact of life. And if you're going to have it there, you can't hide it by painting the wall black. Right. Just you know, either fess up.
1: Yeah. It's you know, there. If, if, we watch TV. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. If you're fine with that height of watching television, I'd say put it there. Yeah. I agree. And I like the idea of getting that little app where you do the portraits up there. I think that's cute. That new, there's a new TV I saw the other day that. Um. My friend showed me. He just bought it. It's called the Frame TV, mm-hmm. and it sits on a like an easel, um, but it mm. is motion detection. So when you walk in the room, it brings up a painting, and then That's when you leave, cool. it turns off, so it doesn't ever burn <laughs> it in. Um, so then you can also turn on TV and watch it, of course, but when you walk in, you have a pretty picture. Oh, my God. Do you get to pick
2: the painting you want? Yeah, I think so.
1: Okay, can it be like a photograph? I, I'm imagining it could be anything, or a Van Gogh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, here's the thing, though.
0: Like, like you just said, it's
1: it's life. It's you know,
0: television, and it's even with a picture on it. I mean,
2: yeah. I,
1: even with a picture on it, it's still a television, right? And what's the difference between having it above your fireplace and having it in the bookcase next to it? Nothing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. At, yeah. at least it's where you want to see. I, it. I agree. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: It has to. <laughs> you
2: either do it or don't
1: do And it. I would try to do maybe a minimal mantle so it doesn't make it so high. You mm-hmm. know, maybe there's no mantle. Maybe it's just a flat fireplace so mm-hmm. you don't have to crane your neck up so high. Yeah. I agree. hmm You know what you're doing. Look at that blue tape and everything. That's- I know. Yeah. She, yeah. I feel like she Hately. just yeah. needed
0: a little reassurance that it was a good idea. Yeah.
1: You yeah. did it, You're Caitlin. on the right track. Yeah, and it, I like the way she has the bookshelves on either side. Yeah, and the little arches. That'll be pretty. Yeah, and I, I think the arch is going to be actually really a nice touch with the square of the box of the fireplace and the rectangle of the television It'll soften it.
0: Bring in more rounded shapes in your accessories mm-hmm. on the bookshelf, mm-hmm. like a sculpture. Pottery mm-hmm. and you know, that kind mm-hmm. of thing so that you have a little more um softness. Yes. Yeah. yes to, to echo that arch. Yes. Agreed. So go, Caitlin. Yay. Lisa, thank you so much yeah, for Thank you, joining you so us. much. Oh my gosh, this was really fun. It was fun, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. I will try to, to make it easy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Tell everyone where they can find you, follow you, buy your fabrics, buy your book, all that good stuff. Me? Well, my Instagram
2: is Lisa Fine Textiles. You can buy my book in Creel and Gow in New York on the internet. You can buy it at Amazon. You can buy it. I think it well, actually Bungalow Classic in Atlanta just sold out, but hopefully they'll be ordering more. <laughs> um, my Fabrics. Yes. I think Showrooms. you comes John Roselli in New York, um, Travis and Company in Atlanta, um, James in Texas. Okay. So
1: go to your site. Hollywood at home, spots.
2: Holland and Cherry in California.
1: All all go the to best my website. Well, yes. Yes. I'm all very the lucky. good ones. <laughs> yeah, all the good ones. All right. That's our
0: show. Thank you for listening. Please leave us a review in your podcast app. Of course, check out the show notes at howtodecorate.com slash podcast. Send your questions to podcast at ballarddesigns.net. We'll answer it on a future episode. Follow us on social media at Ballard Designs. And don't forget to enable the How to Decorate skill in your Alexa account on your Amazon so you can listen to us from your Alexa. And until next time, happy happy decorating. decorating.